0: This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking
1: points. Hello everyone and welcome to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel as we react to Liverpool's second defeat in the Premier League season and what that means for the title race. Well, it's the last show for the year and we have an all-new panel for you today with myself, Patrick Smith, and I'm pleased to be joined by the Liverpool Echoes' Charlotte Coates and Mark Wakefield. Well, Mark, I'll start with you. What's your initial reaction to last night's game and how are you feeling? Um,
2: I'd say it's a difficult one because, I mean, whilst I think Liverpool probably didn't play as good as we know they can, as good as the, the, t- the players out there deserve it to be, um, I still think they did enough to win the game. Um, when you look at it, you know, they only conceded one goal. Um, a poor goal to concede defensively on the counter-attack and, you know, a couple of defensive errors um, in the final third, but, you know, we've conceded only one goal, you still expect Liverpool, this Liverpool team to concede, uh, to score two or three more, you know, obviously the penalty chance, which is obviously the obvious one, but, you know, there was a couple of chances as well, you know, Mane is the obvious one that stands out in the second half, Jota had one in the first half as well, dragged it wide, they should have done a bit better, Van Dyke saved, Asala had one uh, saved in the first half as well, so... They play, created plenty of chances, enough chances to win the game, but you could argue it's just one of those days that the ball just didn't go in the back of the net. And you know, typically, you know, Leicester ship six um against Man City, and then you know, Schmack has a blind uh you never know, stops up score, scoring. It's just just one of those days, unfortunately, that you know we as Liverpool fans have become accustomed to over the last few years.
1: Yeah, Charlotte, the problems really were in the attacking third, weren't they? What do you think was specifically going wrong?
0: I just think. I mean obviously now when Salah picks up the ball, um teams are so they so set up to nullify him in a way. So they get many players around him. And then if he if he has an off day, then you need your manet, your Jota um to to do it. But Mane, as we say, had he had an off day. Um the chance he missed was the I thought on the replay it'd show that the ball had bobbled or it scuffed it sort of thing, but he actually hit it perfectly but just lifted it over the bar. Um I feel like the midfield didn't give much creative creativity wise and Sal were picking the ball up a lot wide and four players to beat and you can't you can't be producing that sort of thing every time. So I think Miss Tiago um yesterday with his passing and Kate's risky passing and the little one-twos he does and it drags it drags it opens space. So I feel like it was just it was all a bit too predictable.
1: Well you touched on the midfield there, we'll go into that in a bit more depth. But Charlie, did mention Sadio Mane. Is he a player low on confidence? Is it time we've got someone in to, you know, at least give him a hand with the game load?
0: Yeah, I feel I feel like he's always been a confidence player as Mane. Um if he misses if he misses a chance or two, then it seems to stick with him, it were. Uh, I was thinking if after he missed that chance, if he'd have got another chance, then there was a, there was also there was nearly a moment where he got slipped through from Salah, and I was thinking if he'd have been put through then one on one, then I don't know if he'd have scored because you just these days you just don't. I don't know if he like Salah when he goes through almost a certainty to score, but with Mane, it's you're unsure about it. I feel like he's better off with, with chances where he doesn't really have to think about it where it's just more instinct. Um but yeah that that left-sided role when 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 Jota was originally brought in you were thinking it was going to be him who was challenging Mane for it and he was originally. Um but obviously his his role's developed in the team and he's gone more central. Um so that left-sided role there's there's no one really so I mean it's not an attitude thing or anything for Mane it's just he's He's not getting a chance to be taken out of the firing line like if he's had a poor performance or two. So maybe going away to the Afghan will actually do him some good.
1: Yeah, I know it's cliche, you know, the unbelievable elite footballers, but he really is, you know, I can't think of any more confidence players than Manny. But, Mark, as we mentioned as well, the midfield, we did really miss someone like a Thiago with that, you know, line-breaking pass, didn't we?
2: Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, you know, I mean, I think part of the main issues was, you know, in the final third with... Um, just not taking the chances, but yeah, I still think you know the quality in the midfield. You know, Oxley, Chamberlain, Fabinho and Henderson. There was enough quality there um, to win the game. I thought, um, if we get onto it, but I thought some of the substitutions by Klopp was a bit you know, strange. You now, given the in-game situation, I mean, he took uh, Fabinho off. I think around about an hour. It's roughly around that time. Obviously, if he got a yellow card, he would have been absent for the Chelsea game. But and I get you know taking him off um, to preserve him for that game, but you know, do that when they get this game's won. You know what I mean? You know get that only game, game its chances only as big as it is if they go and get three points against Leicester and now you know now feeling like a bit chasing it a bit more. So that couple of decisions there um did raise a few eyebrows. But yeah, I mean like I say it just didn't seem right. I mean Klopp said it afterwards like he said himself, you know, they just worked themselves from start to finish, from top to bottom all the way across the pitch. And I think part of that might have been the missed penalty, but you know, this team has bounced back from you know setbacks before in games and not you know, had a blink of an eye about it, so it was a bit of an odd one, but yeah, I mean, it's easy to say, you know, if this player was there, would we have done better? This player, or that player, you know, it's just, you know, like I say, we've got to give Leicester some credit, you know, they did defend well, you know, they did make a makeshift back line, you know, a couple of inexperienced players in there, as well as midfielders, you know, and he is a midfielder, and Amalte uh, has played more predominantly as a midfielder as well, even though he is naturally a defender, so we've got to give them some credit for that, but yeah, I think it was just one of those days that, you know, I think in. The only reason this defeat seems a bit worse is because you know there was a lot of pressure going in, like they've got to get that gap to City, and you know, that's what makes it feel a little bit worse. <clears throat> but you know, take it in, in isolation, it's just you know it's a bad day at the office, and hopefully it doesn't set them back too much. The only downside is you've got a team like Man City who are six points clear, and you know we don't want to give a team like that too much uh, advantage going into the second half of the season.
1: Well, I'm going to bring it back to Fabinho because, you know, for me and many other Liverpool fans, I'm sure he is the first name on the team sheet in some ways because he's just so important. And obviously, you understand why Klopp took him off to get him ready for the Chelsea game in case he got another yellow. But, Mark, he really had to wait till the game was one, I think, didn't he? We just missed that bite, you know. Leicester were playing on the counter and we needed that midfielder to put in a big tackle, maybe even a foul sometimes when it's needed. We just sort of lacked that bite, didn't we, in the last 30 minutes of the game?
2: Yeah, I mean... Was a difficult one, you know. Like I say, we Leicester's like I say, Leicester did play defensively well, but attacking wise, you know, they didn't have too much. Vardy was had a couple of moments on the edge of the box, I think, and uh, he had opportunity to shoot a couple of times. But Liverpool defensively did so mostly well to keep him, um, keep him penned in. Madison didn't have much of an influence of the game, so you know, defensively they didn't do too bad. But I think it was almost in the build up, you know, even the trail, what they were trailing 1 0, and you know, they just didn't seem to have that. Urgency to try and score, and score a goal, even in the last five ten minutes. You know they need like this clock team. Like I mean, if you think back to the team, the season they won the league, you know the Villa game away from home, they scored two goals in the last three or four minutes mm. to win the game, and that proved to be a pivotal game of the title race. And you know, whilst it didn't look on the cards for that game, you just think you never know. But they just didn't seem to have that drive. Whether that's you know, I mean, Robertson had a massive hand in that game in that occasion. So whether his absence might have been. And part of that, but I still, still, still thought Simicast did solidly well. You know, he got down the flank a couple of times defensively, did mostly okay, a couple of decent crosses. But yeah, I say it's just all you can put it down to is just an off day, you know, which unfortunately it happens. Um, it happened a little bit at West Ham when they lost to in the season, but on that occasion they scored two goals. And you know, if Liverpool scored two goals on this occasion, they won the game and they had enough chances to do that. I think it's just, yeah, it's just an off, game, off day, unfortunately.
1: Sure, I'm going to talk about Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain as well because it looked like he was having a pretty decent season, but he's been off the boil recently, has not he?
0: Yeah, and he's he's one of them that you just you want him to do well, you want him to succeed at Liverpool because when he's such a good character, he's got such a good personality, and he it's like he he's good for the squad and um, to have around. But before his injury, um, like his knee injury, he were. He was one of the first names on team sheet for that midfield. He gave he gave something different that Liverpool haven't... They've not really had under Klopp that picks up the ball and drives at players and creates things. He's fast. Um, but obviously since then, um, it's been tougher, the injury that he had and picked up other injuries since then. And he's not really had a sustained period inside. But now when he's getting chances to start... Like he's shown, he he's shown flashes this season. It's not like he's been he's been awful. Um but you really want him to just kick on. Like he got a chance last night and there were a lot of cries for care to start. Um but he went for Ox and you would you just want him, you were just willing him to do something really. But sometimes it's just like playing with two in midfield because he just he just want that that output just it's not there. It's like it's he's just not adding anything.
2: The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel Well
1: of course we did see the introduction as well Charlotte of James Milner and Naby Keita into midfield but it was pretty underwhelming from those two as well wasn't it?
0: Yeah it was, It was the subs, the subs were, quite, were uh, quite strange really I mean obviously Keita Ke coming on when we saw that you were thinking right well hoping he makes similar impact to the, the one he did in the cup um, but I think Milner coming on for 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 Fabinho and um, yeah it just didn't it didn't work and then switching was it 4-2-3-1 that we switched to and then so the double pivot of Kater and Milner it just it didn't work Milner that deep in a two he's not got the legs for it he's not got the pace um, and you just feel that he's always he's going to give a foul away every time so it breaks play up and, and then it would just couldn't really build any momentum and um, and then thought Kate were quite poor, to be honest, when he came on. Gave the ball away a lot. Didn't just, yeah, his passes were very misplaced. But it's tough coming on as a sub where yeah, the game was quite a fast-paced game as well. So to get up to speed of the game, like Tielemans came on for Leicester. And he struggled. He struggled to get up to pace um, with the game. But, yeah, just felt that no, no sub really made made an impact. Probably, probably made us worse, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I've got full faith in Jürgen Klopp and I've learned over the years to you know, trust his decision-making, but I definitely think the substitutions last night have raised many eyebrows. But Mark, we're going to move on to the defence. It was a relatively solid performance. I know he didn't get the clean sheet, but I know they didn't have much to do as well. But especially Joel Matip, how fantastic was he yesterday?
2: Yeah, I think he was solid. I mean, considering he got booked, I think, in the first you know, 10 minutes or so. Re- quite early on in the game, he got a yellow card, unfairly a yellow card in my opinion. And you, know, you could see there were a couple of instances in the game after that that, you know, some of the Leicester players, certainly the Leicester fans are trying to get him sent off. I think that incident with the Inacho, um, I think in the first half or sometime, but I can't remember. Um, you no, know, went up for a challenge and tried just trying to get under his skin a little bit. But yeah, he seemed was completely unfazed by it. You know, like I say, he's a brilliant character to have in the team and he was probably the one after certainly after Henson got taken off, that seemed to show a little bit more fight, a little bit more drive to try and push the team forward. You know, we see his you no know, legendary runs, if you like, you know, trying to get through from from you no know, in in defence, and then try and almost walk into the net. And you, you almost did it on a couple of occasions. And just you just think one of these days, on whatever occasion it's going to be, it's going to go for him at some point. One of these score one goals of those is, is going to come it's, off, it? it's, and <laughs> it's got to at some point, you know. It, yeah, it's too good a play for it not to. No, it's just it's just on the edge of it a I minute, mean. but yeah, defensively, I thought I thought you yeah, had a solid game. There was one since I think I think it was in the first half, uh, where though Henderson plays a, a bad pass to him, and he sort of gave him the eyes. And now uh, that's the captain, he's doing that too. Mm. So it shows that. You know, He's not afraid to do that. And Henderson first to him held his hands up um on that occasion. And to be honest, a number of players played a few wayward passes or bad passes in that game. So he wasn't alone with that. But yeah, you know, Van Dyke didn't have his best game you know, I think, for the the goal. I think he could close Luckman down better. Mm. But, you know, I mean you can understand, I think I can't remember which play it was, but try and if he gets alongside him, he could maybe give away a penalty. But Van Dyke could block the shot if you like, but he narrowed the angle Is Van Dyke's not one of those players who can you know, dive into a challenge. He always tries to make the angle yeah. as tough as possible for the, for the striker. And he did. But in fairness to this, look, man, he was a very good striker. I think Alison's probably more at fault than, than Van Dijk there. But, <clears throat> yeah, back to Matip, you know, he just did have a solid game. Um, I can't really, have, you can't really ask much more of him. Um, it was just, like I say, it's just one of those days. I think, as we said earlier, you know, it's more of the forward's fault, if you like, for not putting the ball on the back of net rather than defence for, ship, for shipping one goal because, you know, it just happens, and you know, Liverpool's clean sheet record isn't that great this season. They've you know, kept a few, but it's been the goals that have won them the games this season. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case against Leicester.
1: Yeah, well, these games do happen. You know, it's one of those goals where maybe Van Dyke and Allison could have done better, but you know, we move on from it. But Sean, I'm going to ask a very broad, general question now. We're now six points off Man City. Are we still in the title race? Can we gain the lost ground on them?
0: Oh, it's a tough one because. I mean, anything can happen in football, you know that, but you fancy City to to win tonight, nine points with a game in hand, with next game away at Chelsea. Um it's tough. It's tough, isn't it? Because the form City are in have they won they won nine on the bounce. And we've seen it before, they could easily go on and win fifteen on the bounce, twenty on the bounce. And it's just any other season well, any, any other any other competition, so United sides of past times Arsenal still of past, you'd be feeling like, yeah, it's it's well on. We've only lost two games this season, but it's just the fact that Man City is such a machine that they just produce win after win after win. It's just hard to see where where they're gonna drop. Six points, nine points, whatever it is. It's just you know that Liverpool basically have to be near perfect from now. Um when you've got you've got Chelsea coming up next, that's huge game for both sides. You're feeling like to keep the title base alive, one side has to win it. If it's a draw see you're laughing. Um but yeah, I mean Liverpool still have to play city. Um anything can happen in football, but the way the way it is at the moment, it does just feel a bit a bit downcast where you are you're thinking like title could be gone.
1: I think the thing to remember as well, Charlotte, is, of course, City can basically put out two 11s that are probably both getting the top four. And, you know, we've got the tough festive period of fixtures. We've also got COVID now, many lots of teams are missing key players. But City just seems to keep pumping out the results. It's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Like, you know, what is their method in the madness?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, it's like if, if they get an injury, if they, if they got an injury to Bernardo Silva, let's say, who's probably been their best player this season, it doesn't really affect them because... They can bring in like Jack Guerrilla's paid 100 million for him. They've got Raheem Sterling who's been on the bench quite a bit recently. Um, but Liverpool lose Salah in Jan, and you're thinking he was going to play, he was going to play there and, and replace him. Um, it's the same, same if Van Dyke got an injury, like if Diaz got an injury, they just bring in another 50 million pound defender. So... It's just, it's, it's what, unfortunately, it's just what Liverpool are up against, where it's kind of sod's law, really, where the best best Liverpool side I've seen in my lifetime is up against this City side, who probably the best side the Premier League have seen.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so it's just, I don't know, it's just a bit of a joke, really, isn't it?
1: Arguably two of the greatest club sides of all time, you know, in the same Premier League season. It's just, there's it quite literally sod's laws. But, Mark... I do think it's a three-team title race. Chelsea are still in. They had a bit of a statement win against Aston Villa with Lukaku coming back and scoring as well. And, of course, we play them next. You know, what are Chelsea's hopes the title looking like?
2: Uh, I mean, I think you're foolish to think that either Liverpool or Chelsea are out of it. I mean, I know we feel a bit down and, you know, mm. thinking, you know, City are six points. It seems a sizeable gap. And in fairness, that is a, a big gap to overcome against this City side. But, you know, they won't feel out of it. You know, Chelsea won the Champions League last year against, well, against all expectations, arguably with Tuchel coming in and trying to fix everything. Liverpool won the title the year before and won the Champions League the year before that and went on, I think, almost a year, over a year unbeaten. You know, however many games unbeaten at home it was before last season. So they won't feel out of it. Um, you know, The level and points of Liverpool at the moment, they can go ahead and they beat uh, Brentford, I think it is, um, this week. So you know, they certainly won't feel out of it in any way. But, you know, Overcoming the city side, like Charlotte said there, you know, they're just a machine when they get going. They've won, like, nine or ten on the bounce already. And, you know, think of the six points that you've got to overcome. Not only that, you've got to try and gain six points on them. And, like, say, imagine, say, you know, dropping six points, what's that, two defeats, maybe a couple of draws in there. And then, not only that, you've got to better that by, saying winning all the remaining games. Like, it's, it's going to be a very, very difficult task for the to Chelsea to do it, but, you know, if they're going to give up now, then what's the point in playing football, you know, if you're going to give up in December, regardless of how far away you are, you know. Well it may like like Club said there, you know, his job is to fix the problems that he saw on the pitch last night, not think about the gap that he's got with another team in the league. So it's not it's not over till it's over, I think we say being very, very negative if we did say that. So mm-hmm. put some form of optimism on it. But I think we've got to be realistic that this city team are arguably the toughest side that any team could ever go up against in the league ever you know if this was united or chelsea and their pump or arsenal uh, 10 15 years ago you know you might think oh there might be a bit of a chance but you know, say football's changed you know now you have, you can't win the league with 88 to 2 points you can't do that anymore you have to win it with you know 90 plus last season was a bit of an off season but now yeah. you're 90s and you know however many points i can't remember off the top of my head how many points we've got but we've got got quite a lot to make up when we get to that number so mm. It is possible, you know, we've done that before, but like you say, in the these challenging times with COVID and offcom with players going away, you know, it's difficult to see how it's gonna be done, but it's you always gotta live in hope it's still possible while it's possible. The agenda on the Blood Red Channel. I
1: think with points ties, you know it's probably one of the most competitive Premier League seasons. I think it might be the most competitive season of my lifetime. It's going to be so difficult to get to, like, you know, at least 90 points. But, Mark, it's such a massive game on Sunday against Chelsea. What changes, though, do we need to see from Liverpool? Because if we play, like, the Leicester game, I don't think we're going to come away from Stanford Bridge with, you know, any more title hopes, are we? I
2: mean, I mean, even if they lose, I mean, it depends how City do against Brighton. I mean, you know, Brighton could turn City over as, as you know, as far-fetched as it may sound, they might do. You never, you never know. But you know, we've always got to play. You've always got to go on and expect City and Chelsea to win every game. You have just got to do that. And if they don't, then it's a bonus. Um, you now Chelsea play between now and then. Um, which before the left, before we played Leicester, you thought that would be an advantage, but Leicester played two days before us while we had almost a week off, and you know, they still won the game. So, you know, you can never write anything in football, predict anything in football these days. Um. Uh, no, I think it'll be much on team selection. I think Tiago should all be well because I think he was out with a uh, muscle soreness. I think hopefully he'll be back in the team. Um for being obviously it should be in there. Salah and Mane will probably be the last game before they go away to AFCON. Cater will probably play because say, it'll be his last game. You want to make the most of him while you've got him available. Um but you know the Chelsea team certainly the first three months of the season. I mean, I personally not say titling for the title, but I thought well, these gonna be quite tricky to get past because once they score one, they, never, they don't usually concede and that's not been the case for that last mm. month or so, but, you know, the one against Villa, I watched the game, they didn't play well in the first half, but Lukaku, you just saw the impact that he had off the bench mm. and it just makes such a difference to the team and he's, you know, whilst Liverpool kept him quiet at Anfield in the reverse fixture in August, you know, he just only needs a moment, that's all he needs, that like hurricane against Tottenham, you know, it was off form, but one trance takes it, yeah. that's, that's it, and, they're going to need a lot of luck. No, I think they'll, any team will admit that like going to Chelsea away, you need a bit of luck to win the game. Um, United arguably had a bit of luck when they played there, I think, earlier in the season that they got a draw. Could have lost it and could have won it. It's just mm. just the way it goes. But, you know, it's certainly going to be interesting to see how we how we approach the game. Because I think, you know, we could arguably even play the same as we did against Leicester. But if the chances go in, Salatech scores a penalty, Jota scores, Mane scores. Now, that's three, four goals right there. If you take those chances, it's a different game. So, you know, it's, it's not so much taking a chance but if, if you don't score the goal it's how you respond to that don't let your heads drop which in fairness the support team don't usually do mm. it was just this one instance where you just felt where how are they going to go about trying to get this goal like oh they've missed the penalty oh they've had a couple of students go away oh now they've conceded one now when are going to let our heads drop that doesn't normally happen so if that happens against Chelsea how are they are going to respond especially in that atmosphere it's going to be interesting but You know, this Liverpool team thrive in these sorts of challenges and I'm sure they'll do it again.
1: Well, exactly. It's only the second loss of the season, even in the Premier League. we have not lost in any other competition. By no means is it a disaster and I'm sure the Chelsea game is going to be a belter. You know, I've got all the faith in this Liverpool side. When they need a result, we really do go and get it normally. So I've got plenty of faith in them. But Charlotte, it's about to be January and it's going to be a manic month for Liverpool with AFCON. Lots of fixtures again, but the January transfer window is open. So I'm sure all of our timelines are going to be flooded with rumours, <laughs> flying in every day. But what would you like to see happen? Because it's been a while since Liverpool have actually done much business, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I'd quite. I'd like to see um, an attacker come in, someone, someone who's exciting. Um, maybe a, a wide man who can come in and spice things up a bit in that in that front three, front four. Um, I mean, obviously Salah won't be here for the whole of January. Um and then like we said earlier, my name's got no competition on that left side. Um, I mean, we've seen Jared Bowen linked quite a mm. bit to Liverpool. He's had I mean, when I first saw the links in the summer, I was thinking, Really? But this season he, he's shown, he's shown he, he's he's up there, he's up there with the the level required. He's you feel like he's that sort of player that Clark could bring in and really really get the best out of. Like, he, mm. he didn't improve. Um But, I mean, he's not going to cost. He's not going to cheat. Ducks. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he, he's, he's he's had a good season. And, and signing in January is difficult, especially mm. from a Premier League side. And West Ham will have aspirations of their own, so they won't. They won't want to let him go. Um, but, yeah, it's difficult. I mean, Rafinha from Leeds has been linked, but he's been linked to Bayern, hasn't he, in the last few days. So... Yeah, I just feel like feel like an attacker. I mean we saw we saw last night the struggles. I mean, obviously can't pin it all on last night because Liverpool have been free scoring this season, but I feel like without Salah, um Mane is now gone. It's eight games without a goal? So he needs taken out the firing line and mm. Yeah, you just feel like feel like a bit of a, a bit of a refresh is needed.
1: I think he just needs a break and a bit of competition, man, isn't he? And um the difficult thing is that you pay a premium in January, because as you said, teams do not want to sell their players. Like if you look at West Ham and Jared Bowen, they've got huge aspirations of trying to get in the top four. No way are they going to let him go for, you know, less than probably 50, 60. Mm-hmm. And he's English and young. But Mark, it's obvious we need to strengthen the attacking areas. But are there any others of the squad you'd like to see us strengthening?
2: Uh I mean, midfield was the one that was talked about in the summer, wasn't it? You know, with Wan Aldum going and you no. Know, that's the new the new Kate was going to be going and you know, the fitness records of both him and Oxley Chamberlain hasn't been great and Milner 35 you know have they got the legs in the middle of the park but you know, I might sound pessimistic here but I just don't think Liverpool will sign anybody in January I just don't think it will happen unless you know something absolutely crazy happens you know like like you say West Ham lower the asking price by half and say yeah you can have Bone for like 30 million and even then they might still might not do it because I think just the, this Liverpool. Well, certainly since Michael Evers has really got in, you know, being a sports on director, they just play the waiting game and only go in for something like if the opportunity presents itself, which, you know, let's be honest, it doesn't happen too often. You know, how often do Liverpool sign players in January? I know they did it last season with, you know, Ben Davis and Kabat coming in, but they were emergency signs that they only did because Matic got injured at the end of January against Tottenham, which ruled him out for the rest of the season. If that hadn't happened, they wouldn't have signed anybody. So, you know... Midfields, never. I mean, I think I agree more with Charlotte that they need someone a bit more of an attacker though a winger because, mm. you know, I like Minamino, but there's never it just, just some, doesn't seem to be going for him perfectly since now it doesn't seem to have gone as planned since they signed in with the hopes from Salzburg. But there is definitely yeah. a play there, but, you know, it's just trying to find what role what position where he fits because I mean, if you ask most Liverpool fans what's Minamino's best position, I don't think many people will be able to tell you is he number nine? Is he a number 10? Is he a left winger, right winger? Is he going to be a center forward? You no, know, the good thing about him is he can play in multiple positions, but you know, I think he needs to solidify. One, you know, the good thing about Salah is yes, he can play center forward, he can play it possibly even on the left if he needed to, but we know full well he's a right winger. Same with Manley on the left, so you no, know, I mean, we could all sit here and say, yeah, we like know, to get this player, that player. I like Rafinha at least. I think he's a mm. good player. I've watched him a few times. He certainly impresses me. He certainly fits the bill of what the Liverpool team wants to do when, with pace yeah. on the counter-attack and pace, you know, in attack and pressing as well, which he likes to do at Leeds as well. So he certainly ticks the boxes, but, you know, these players, you know, come at a premium in the summer, let alone in January. Um So unless something absolutely crazy happens, I don't think we'll see any certainly big names like that walking through the door. But you no, know, I'd love to be shocked, I'd love to be proven wrong. But personally, I can't see it happening. Well,
1: there's also a flip side to the window, Charlotte. Is there anyone you'd like to see maybe shipped out on loan or permanently? Oh, I mean, a bit of a horrible question, but maybe more the loan side. You know, is there anyone we'd like to go and see get some game time elsewhere? Maybe Nico Williams of the like?
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe Nico Williams. Some like maybe if he went out for some game time and then in the summer could get. It. I mean, you, you've got to feel that he, he's going to leave in the summer um, mm. so if he goes out for last half of the season has a good has a good has a good go at it and then Liverpool could get a decent fee for him in the summer um, but other than that it's it's hard to say really because don't have a, Liverpool don't have a massive squad so mm. and especially losing three players in January um, can't really afford to to let anyone go
1: yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. You know, squad safe Then I don't think we're in a position of luxury. Like some other clubs we'll be looking to ship players on. Maybe even in swap deals, we, we can even afford to be doing that. have seen a few rumours with Joe Gomez being linked to West Ham, but no way would I let him go. But guys, I think that's all we've got time for today. Thank you both very much for joining me and thank you everyone else for listening and watching. We'll see you again in the new year for another episode of The Agenda. But for now, it's goodbye.
2: You've been listening to The Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel.